Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us once again here at NapaBroadcasting.com. With primary election day only two months away and certainly with a big turnout expected because of what's going on on the national ticket, a time when California as a national primary state may actually be in play this time around, it's going to have a trickle-down impact on our local races. We're going to see a larger turnout perhaps than we've seen in many years in our races, including our supervisorial races, which is going to be our focus today, as it is my pleasure to be joined by Ryan Gregory, who's a candidate for the 2nd District Supervisorial Race. Ryan, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back here on the program. Uh, When you're out there campaigning right now, talking to people, going door to door, which I'm sure you're doing lots of, are you getting a sense that people are more engaged in politics right now, partly because it's, you know, with all the fascination, all the attention focused on the national races, but it's got people looking at politics, I think, in a different way, in a more active way? Yeah, they're they're more engaged than, than normal, um, and, and they <laughs> they often want to talk about the presidential race, you know, <laughs> before you can get to the local issues or their roads or their sidewalks or their thoughts on tourism. Um, but but the good news is they're engaged and really willing to talk and uh, listen to you. Mm-hmm. And are they willing to listen without asking you right away? You and I were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air. Are they willing to listen without just wanting to know, are you a Republican or a Democrat? Are they willing to accept that when you say this is a nonpartisan race, it's about you know streets and roads and tourism and the wine industry and all these other environmental issues and everything else, are they willing to accept that? Yeah, you know, I'd say only about 10% of the people I meet ask that question at all. Um, and when they do, I remind them it's a non- nonpartisan race. Um, and then I get into why, you know, it's all about Napa and who's best to represent Napa. Um, and we usually cut through that. There's a few hardcore uh, party liners that, 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 you know, they'll, they'll hear I'm a Democrat and, and, mo- and want to just move right on. But very, very few. When they don't want to engage in a national race right. conversation, which we will not do today. <laughs> Please We will don't. not talk about that at all. <laughs> What do you think, as you've been in doing this for a while now, you've been uh, running for uh, several, quite a few months now, and you've been talking to people for a while, what is your sense today of what this supervisorial race is about? What are the issues that are really front and center on the minds of, of the community? Uh, the top three issues, as I'm going around talking to folks, um, in District 2 are uh, traffic, housing, and just generally growth-related issues. But when we talk about growth-related issues, it's really they're talking about the tourists versus the locals. And what folks perceive as an imbalance being created by all this new development coming to town and all this impact being created, but you know these folks still live in a neighborhood where the street's falling apart. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a, a lot of comment about that disconnect. It's probably the, the biggest comment I get. And other comments like, you know, downtown Napa's not for us anymore. We don't go there anymore. Um, it's just for tourists. And that Do the, they see the economic benefit of that? They, the ones that complain about it don't, no. Hmm. No, they don't. Um, they don't see the, the value of the tourist dollar. We do. Mm-hmm. We see the reports, and, and we're in the know, and we, uh, we see the budgets and, and the presentations from, from folks that show the value of the tourist dollar. It shows um, what, what baseline municipal services cost, and it shows how the, the tourist dollar you know, gets us there. Um, but the folks living on a street that's been falling apart for 10 years, they just don't. 
Of course, the other issue, and because a significant part of your district is, uh, I guess most of it is in the city of Napa, right. they don't understand the municipal jurisdictions and who's responsible for what as far as those streets are concerned. They really don't. It's, there, there's a neat opportunity in this election to redefine the relationship between the supervisor and the city council and the resident. Um, for years, it's it's been you know, here's the city, and here's the county. Um, but I think we're, we're we're faced with a great opportunity to, to redefine how how a supervisor serves the city of Napa residents. Um, great example. I was walking um, a couple weeks ago, and I knocked on this fellow's door named Bill, and his his curb was buckled up, and it was a city street. Um, we talked about a few things, but before I left, he brought me out and he pointed to his broken curb and said, you know, I've been calling for almost a couple of years now and, and they haven't done anything about this. Uh, I, I, as his, you know, uh, uh, soon to be supervisor said, well, you know what? I know folks at the city of Napa in particular, the public works department who are very active and going out and fixing these things. Let me see what I can do. And long story short, within two weeks, the city of Napa crew was out there tearing out his old curb and putting in a new one. So it's just a small, small example of how a supervisor that's really connected to the residents can listen to them, take their concern, and work with the city to do something about it. What do you see in terms of the way the city and county have worked together on issues over the past several years? And, and, and what are the problems and what are the positive things, if you see any in that? Well, I, you know, I think ter- ter- territory, they've been um, focused on territory and not focused on solutions. Um, Napa Pipe was the big flare, um, and it 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 was a a, a major tension. Um, it it ultimately got done, but not before you know uh, hurting a lot of feelings and burning a lot of bridges. So that happened. Um, and, you know, there might be other instances, and you'd really have to ask the city council. Mm-hmm. All, all five have endorsed me because they're looking for a new relationship with District 2. Um, you'd really have to ask them all the things that have happened over time. But um, it's telling that they've endorsed me and they're looking for a new partner. Well, I put it from the other way, from a county perspective, what would you like to do differently if you were elected as a supervisor? What would you, how would you like to approach it differently in dealing with the city? Well, a couple ways. Uh, you know, as you know, the county must partner with the cities to get their housing built, zoned, zoned for and built. Um, and I think when you work at a truly cooperative partnership level with the city, I think you'll just see how more housing get built. Uh, when the city staff are talking to the county staff and everybody's working hand-in-hand trying to, trying to actually generate workforce housing units, um, we have yet to see what that would look like and how many more units a year we could get. But I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, the other is... Um, you know, all around the city are these weird county pockets. There are these pockets of county within the city. Um, and District 2 has a few of these, one large one. And it, it's it's really, in my view, walking all, all of the, the district. It's the worst neighborhood. The streets are in the worst shape. There's no sidewalk. There's very few streetlights. And when you walk in there, you know, the, for, the folks sort of, their attitude resembles sort of their surroundings. It's a weird, it's weird. It's a weird part of the district. And, um, but it's county, it's county owned. So um, this would be a case where the county should partner with the cities to go in there and actually start to improve that neighborhood. And, and then, frankly, I think the door would be open for the city to annex it and clean it up because, you know, right now there's these 
the, the service uh, uh, public safety service boundary issues right. in there and, and uh, so I think that'd be a way for the county to go in there and improve a part of the city and uh, and fix up some of the neighborhoods too so just a couple examples what about in terms coming back to, to some of the earlier things we were talking about in terms of understanding mutually understanding the the benefits of some of the growth that we've seen in the county, the benefits of the wine industry, the realities of the wine industry and marketing and wine tourism is, is a good thing economically for the county. And that's something in, in it, where the city and the county have not really worked together very well in making that case. Um, well, yeah, we, we need each other. Um, the Ag Preserve needs strong wineries to, to survive. Um, and those things need hotels and Workforce Absolutely. housing in the cities, right. and and we all feed each other, and we all benefit each other, and um, and there's just no reason for the city and county not to work together towards that end. It's also working together in making the case. It's one thing to work together in terms of the realities of what has to be done. I mean, certainly that a lot of that has happened, and a lot of that has gone well in in many cases, but really in making the case to constituents. There has to be a sort of single voice or a single message that gets out there, understanding how the economy in the whole valley works. Yeah, and that'd be another way for the city and county to partner and spread that message. Uh, we live in a beautiful place, and a lot of us agree, and that's why a lot of us are here. Um, but to a degree, we are the, a victim of our own success. Um, but I think I think there's a way, and, and here's the trick, is to take the tourist dollar and get it back to the neighborhoods. That's the trick. We've got to show our residents w- what's in it for them. We've got to maintain their roads. We've got to do whatever congestion relief projects we can along the way that we can afford. And um, and it's it's not only saying it, but it's also showing it. Talk a little bit about this inflection point that we seem to be at in terms of concern about winery growth and new wineries and expansion of wineries, certainly what went on with APAC and, and, and kind of trying to redefine and re-understand parts of, of the Ag Preserve and the winery definition ordinance. Talk a little bit about your views on, on where we are in those issues right now. Well, we're still, we're, 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 st- we're still fighting. Um, the, the factions are still fighting. Um, APEC was good in that it was a process to get everybody together and try to find some compromise so that we can reset and move forward together for a, for a while and see how it could work. Um, and unfortunately, it, it, a lot of people aren't satisfied with what came out of it. Um, but there were some good recommendations that are moving forward, um, That I, particularly self-certification, that will go a long way to um, managing the, the wine industry and making sure there's a transparency on what's happening. Um, I really look forward to that, you know, being finished this year, uh, making it its way into law. And uh, frankly, we need to apply that law fairly and consist- consistently for a little while. And, and let's see what happens. Um, and we need to change the rhetoric and the way we talk to each other. Um, you know, you, you can't be pro-environment and you can't be pro-business. Uh, you got to be both. You got to realize that both require each other for success. Um, so uh, we need a major attitude change in the way we're talking to each other. Um, there's so much important work to get done at the board level that um, housing, traffic, water, the big problems to solve, and we can only do that if there's time to do that and we, we stop arguing with each other. 
the gap certainly between uh, some of the environmental groups and concern about the business of, of the industry itself, the business of tourism, the business of the wine industry, that gap seems to be wider than ever. It is. It's wider than ever. Um, but, you know, at the core of our success is the ag preserve in our vineyards. Most of us agree on that. Um, but we need strong wineries to exist in the ag preserve to preserve the ag preserve. Um, strong wineries plus strong businesses provide the tax base to fund our quality of life, our social programs. So you, you can't just pick on one thing. You can't pull out a context and beat up on it. You've got to realize that all these things are important. Um, and let's find a better balance in the way we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about some of the issues related to some specific projects that have come along. Walt Ranch has been certainly one that's uh, gotten a lot of attention lately. What are your thoughts about that? Well, Walt Ranch is, uh, I, you know, I can't say I've read the EIR. I think I've seen the site plan. If, if you had read the EIR, you wouldn't have had any time to do campaigning. <laughs> that's I right. Yeah, I don't say have time to read the EIR. Um, you know, I, I do know that um, the county's conservation regulations are, are complicated, complex, um, w- thoughtful, and um, um, effective when applied. Uh, I've used them in my career. I've applied them towards projects. That they're mm-hmm. very difficult. Uh, actually to understand, let alone to apply. Um, that plus modern uh, stormwater quality BMPs that are required now, which frankly actually sort of negate the need for some of the conservation regulations, some of the stormwater quality stuff you've got to do now. So you're actually redundantly, there's a lot of redundancy in some of the things we're doing. So modern day projects have to, um, you know, have to mi- mitigate their impacts on water quality and et cetera. Um, I, I believe the you know the oak uh, oak uh, the the oak tree mitigation and replanting at two mm-hmm. to one can be effective as well. So, um, but again, I haven't reviewed the application, and um, but I just I just know the conference conservation rules are effective, and um, I've what I've heard they've applied them, and um, and and met the requirements, and, and now it's up to the the board. You're not of the opinion we need more regulation and more rules. No, I'm. You know, I'm on record of opposing the Oak Woodlands Preservation Initiative. Um, it, like I said, it, it, the rules are already really complex, and it's more complex regulation on top of already complex regulation. Um, if, if, as we apply the conservation regs, we're seeing they're not working this way or that way. Let's have a conversation, and hopefully, you've got a board that is willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, doing this by ballot box, I just don't believe that's the way to do it. Are the rules and regulations too complex? I mean, you're in the unique position of having have had to deal with them on, you know, as, as part of your business life. Talk a little bit about whether you think they need to be simplified, whether, in fact, that has to happen before they can be consistent. Too, too complex? No, I think you need a... Uh you need a body of, of local consultants and uh, planners and engineers that understand them. That's what you need. Um, the bigger issue is at the staff level, how they're applied and how each individual planner and engineer uh, on county staff applies them. That's been the issue. So it's a fair, fair process. I mean, you're in a unique position to, to really judge that. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, staff, I think, understands the rules. It's, they're, they're, there seems to be some gray area gray area as they're applied and uh, so some staff can read it one way or the other um, and, and really I look to the the, the uh, planning director and and the planning commission 
mm-hmm. when, when they see that happening to sort of course correct because um, we should be um, uh, enforcing the rules fairly and consistently. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the county has been? I mean, as you look at what's been going on, and certainly there's been a lot of complaints that it hasn't been consistent, it hasn't been fair to some people. What, what is your sense of that? Um, well, you know, when it takes, uh, it, it, the issue has been the time it takes to get a, a project through. Um, right. and, the time um, and money. Time and money and uh, the, the, the complexity of it. And, and that the rules... You know, the rules as they've been applied have been changing along the way mm-hmm. as sort of this controversy has, has grown and grown and grown. Um, so that's that's really affected applicants. Um, it's Napa County is not necessarily a, a known as a play, good place to do business <laughs> right now. It, right. It, it has been in the past. And that's, that's important because we need a process where one can one wants to go in and follow the rules and follow the process and not necessarily just do something and hope to ask for forgiveness one one day so um the the rules are complex enough they're appropriate for napa but they should be applied fairly and consistently by uh by staff and by the electeds talk a little bit about another issue that has certainly been before the planning commission seemingly forever and that is the whole issue of sire and your thoughts about that? Well, I, as a local civil engineer, I see the value of a local quarry. Um, they've been in business for a long time and are a valued local business. So that's m- my engineer and my um, bus- businessman hat. Um, but I also understand their environmental impacts related to the IER, and that's one I haven't read either. <laughs> but um, uh, some some issues have been daylighted lately by by certain groups that that you know this board needs to consider. Um, but as a local business in Cory, I, I think we need to support Sire. Um, talk a little bit about what you think are some of the other issues that are critical that uh, you would need to deal with in terms of the county being on the Board of Supervisors. Well, let's go back to housing. Um, we're thousands of units behind in our workforce housing jobs imbalance, and that sounds like rhetoric, but it's, it's true also. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't built nearly enough units compared to the jobs we've created in Napa. And in Napa, there just happen to be a lot of low-wage jobs. Um, so there's, there's a new way we've got to look at doing that. Uh, it's about funding, but, but that's a, a, maybe a smaller part of it. Uh, we're never going to raise fees high enough to get enough money to build enough units. Um, that's part of it. But it's also about um, making sure land is properly zoned and... Uh, available for the construction of affordable housing and it's also about policies in the way of getting it built in my career I've, I've actually my one of my expertises has been housing projects of all kinds mm-hmm. and a lot of affordable housing projects so I see intimately what's in the way of getting these done it's nimbyism it's sequel abuse but it's also did we pick the right site um, did we pick the right developer so we got to ask ourselves that when we put um, the NOFAs out, the Notice of a Funding Availability. It's just when the county, mm-hmm. city and county pool their money and go find uh, places to put it. Um, uh, the next NOFA, I think, will be more thoughtfully uh, considered in terms of finding the right developer, the right site, to make sure we actually get something out of our money. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one wasn't very successful. Um, out of, so out of the last one, you know, one got uh, one got, uh, was challenged on CEQA and, and failed, uh, so we lost all the money that was put into that. And the other it was built, and in fact, it just opened up, but it took five years. So if that's the best we can do with the money we put out is every five years get, you know, 
a little bit. Uh, it's not enough. So we also need to look to put our um, government dollars into uh, private development. It's not legal to require inclusionary units anymore, but I think we can properly incentivize private developers to include units in their projects. Um, and so we, we do that. We still look to nonprofit builders, and we still uh, support the work proximity program. But when we do that, then we get uh, unit, you know, new units faster. This actually relates to your job, your engineering job, your day job, as they say. And what concerns do you have, given the scope of projects that you've been involved in, the scope of projects that you will continue to be involved in, with respect to potential conflicts of interest? That's a good question. Um, part, of, part of my decision to run for a supervisor, as opposed to anything else, um, was partly due to that question about my career, what I do for a living. Um, in my career uh, at my engineering firm, I've actually spent most of it working in the city of Napa, in other urban areas around mm -hmm. the Bay Area. I've done very little in the county, enough to know the players and the staff and the processes, but certainly the vast majority of my projects have been within the city limits. Um, so I've got a client base that most of them I can continue to work with conflict-free, who will never go to the county and ask for anything. So when I'm elected, um, my partners and I are going to talk about a structure that would allow me to serve as supervisor and keep uh, RSA uh, out of conflict and me out of conflict. Um, so does, does it create an additional problem that a significant part of the district is in the city? No, because I well I, I work in other urban areas. I work I can work. You know, I'm committed to uh, my outside job. of Napa. I'm committed right. to my job as a supervisor. Mm -hmm. Number one priority. Uh, I intend to keep my career. Um, I can work in other urban areas. I will work where there where there's less or little or no conflict that's mm -hmm. where i will work right. um, it's important me for, for me to keep my career uh i intend to go up and serve one two terms but i i want my career to fall back on i don't intend to become a career politician <laughs> um so i i want to i want to keep working i want to keep my head in my civil engineering career so i can fall back to it and that's important to me and it should be important to the people too you don't want to be serving uh, having this conversation 16 years from now still no. on the board no, I think no. Uh, I think that um, uh, folks were intended to be elected and go go be a check on government uh, uh, and uh, do do their part for a little while and go back home. I think that's how our country was founded, and uh, uh, I, I believe in that. I think we need to elect folks who have a certain expertise or a certain perspective or a certain new idea. Um, they should go up and serve for a little while and then go back, go back to their career or their family or or uh, you know whatever they want to do. Given all the controversies that are running through county issues at the moment, particularly as they relate to, to all of the issues that we've been talking about, wineries, growth, tourism, infrastructure, all of these things, why, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to be on the board? Um, because I've, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to do it. Um, I think this county needs uh, um, a new approach to these very old, very old problems they're facing. You probably saw the uh, the old Facebook clips from uh, they're on Facebook, but the old right. clips from the seventies. Oh, they're great. The winery, yeah, they aren't they great? The winery growth issues from the seventies. I mean, they could they could be today if it weren't for the old cars and the right. and the pork chops, right? So uh, we, we've got really old problems, and uh, I think uh, 
the board needs new ideas and a fresh perspective. Um, and I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready to step up and do that. I didn't know it, but I've been getting ready for the last 20 years. Um, my civil engineering career has allowed me to work on housing projects, transportation projects, infrastructure projects. So I understand those things intimately. But I've also been involved in the community for the last 20 years as whether it's chair of the Chamber of Commerce or uh, chair of Community Action Napa Valley, Affordable Housing Task Force, you know, 20 years of service. And if you can go to my website, voteryangregory.com, and see the whole list. But I've been getting ready for the last 20 years to do this, and I uh, can't wait to get up there and offer my technical background to the board as well as my ability to bring people together. Ryan Gregory, I thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.